Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. The I on College Basketball podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. You're watching on YouTube. Smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. Don't forget while you're here. If you haven't yet, also subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Let's get into it. It should be a, another, I hope, fingers crossed, fun weekend of college basketball. The Big East looks especially interesting. So let's start there. Number one, UConn, 6-1 in the league. Huskies are at Villanova this weekend. Unranked Seton Hall, also 6-1 in the league. Pirates are hosting Creighton this weekend. Reigning Big East champ Marquette, 3-3 in the league. Golden Eagles are at St. John's this weekend. That's three Big East games featuring six teams, all of which Jerry Palm currently has projected to make the 2024 NCAA tournament Dead leg, am I correct to suggest that the Big East is offering the most interesting stuff in college basketball this weekend? This weekend, for sure. Although you're like my five-year-old right now, man. Like, I got a haircut. I shaved the beard. You're just jumping right into it. No acknowledgement right off the show. Got a big... Went went out to the barber yesterday. I picked Mm. up my little guy from school. No reaction whatsoever. Same thing with you. Hey, you look well. You look good. What do you want me to say? You, you look good. You look good. You look clean. You look cleaner. I you do. Look, you look younger. <laughs> I know. My wife is like, you look ten years younger. I'm like, yeah. You look. You look like you smell better. I was smelling good with the facial hair. I don't know. It was time to get it. and and by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, hey YouTube, here we go. Hey. New, mic, new mic setup for your guy. So uh, I presume it sounds pretty much the same, but we're going. We're going boom mic here. A uh, little little new setup there. What made you what made you make that move? What made you just think that it was time to, to go that direction? Uh, I didn't like uh, the mic that you're using, which I'll still use when we travel on the road. It just it's it sat in the middle and uh, got it just got in the way here. Now my hand, look at this, hands free. Oh, look at that. Now if you need also, to, now if you need to call a base runner safe for some reason, you can do that. No problem. Look at that. Safe. 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 Uh, the, the other reason is um uh, we can get into the games here, but uh, I don't the board care. That, okay, nobody <laughs> the board that I have to use for HQ hits for the mic. It died on me about a week ago, and they're like, "We need to send you some new stuff. Do you want anything else?" I was like, "Can I get one of those boom mics so I can use that for the podcast?" So they sent it on over. So there we go, Big East. Let's get into it. 
huge weekend for the Big East, just in terms of having so many high-profile matchups. We talked earlier this week, obviously, about the Huskies and uh, and Seton Hall. But let's dive a little bit further in here because at this point, do you think UConn is on... And we'll get into these games specifically, but do you think UConn is on a tier unto itself? Like, would you put them there? And I'm not just saying, like, right here and now. I'm saying... Um, when we get to the end of the season, is it going to be UConn that wins the league and there'll be, uh, in your mind, a line of delineation between the Huskies and we would think, you know, Marquette being that number two team. But if you want to put, you know, Creighton there, even after Creighton was able unable to really get anything going against UConn on Wednesday night in stores. I'd just be curious if you think that, uh, because that wasn't the story at the beginning of the season, in the preseason, and even into like December, there was definitely a thought that, you know, Marquette's right there. And uh, and Creighton could be right there. And now I wonder if moving forward, you would separate the Huskies from the rest of the group in the Big East. I would separate them right now. And I would suggest that it'll remain that way through the end of the season. I think they're clearly the best team in the Big East, um, the least flawed team in the Big East, the most reliable team in the Big East, and the school that's going to win that league championship by multiple games. Ooh. They certainly look like it. I think UConn's got the highest ceiling of anyone in the sport. I, we said that back in December. Just reinforced with the win over Creighton on Wednesday. Donovan Klingon did return. Uh, he came off the bench and, you know, he played spot minutes, but it, they were they were good minutes. He played 16 minutes in all. He had six points, five boards. And what's... Uh, to reinforce for anyone that's not really checking in on the Huskies on a game by game basis, what's impressive to me is they're number one in the AP top 25. They're number five at Ken Palm here, but they have not had all but, I don't know, perish two or three games this season where they have been operating at full strength. I don't even know if you can even say they've had one game this season where they've been operating at full strength because maybe Klingon has never been really at 100% health. So for them to get to this point and not really have put it all together yet is mighty impressive. And even though they have the 15-point loss against Seton Hall, which came uh, the week of Christmas, uh, it's 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 aging better than anyone could have possibly imagined because Seton Hall, again, is tied with the Huskies atop the Big E standings there. I'm, I'm going to agree with you that when we get to the end of the regular season, UConn will be the one in the Big East tournament bracket, and it's going to win the league. You said by multiple games? I think by multiple games. I'll stop just short of that. Mark me down for whatever reason. I'll just say UConn wins the league by one game. But even if just with a one-game lead at the end of the regular season, I, I do think I do think the Huskies will probably be just a tier above the likes of Marquette and anyone else that might, uh, might factor in. I'm not giving up on Marquette. Um, they've got a game we got to talk about here against St. John's on Saturday, which is a pretty big game. Um, but I still like them overall. They're bounced back earlier in the week. It's been four days now, but they played Monday night and they were convincing uh, in many ways that were reassuring. I'm sure that fan base against Villanova, they don't have Sean Jones. He's out for the season. They've had some bumps, but, um, but I think at this point, if you, if you tell me that UConn's going to dodge any significant injury stuff, I'd put them to a, to a tier unto itself. I didn't plan to say this the other night on Inside College Basketball and CBS Sports Network. It just sort of came out of my mouth. And it's still early 
Um, last season, I remember that at one point very late in the season, if you'd have said, GP, who's your national coach of the year? I would have said, I think maybe Jerome Tang at Kansas State. But by the time we got done with everything, I thought it should have been Dusty May at Florida Atlantic for winning a league title, league tournament, and going all the way to the Final Four. My point being, this stuff can change just like that. But if I were submitting a ballot right now for national coach of the year, I would put Dan Hurley's name on it. Top of the list. Yeah. Mm, good question. I hadn't thought about that. Um, he'd have to be very, very high up on that. Uh, off the top of my dome right now. Yeah, you're looking at Hurley. You're looking at Bruce Pearl's got a case right here in the now. Um, Hubert Davis, what he's been able to do, certainly must be in there. I would say Hurley's got to be the leading candidate, uh, considering how many good players they lost off of that national championship winning team. Sure, we've uh, I think we've crossed a halfway threshold here in terms of technically number of games that will be played this season, but um, midway through the point of this season, I'd go Hurley National Coach of the Year. UConn's going to play at Villanova. That's an 8 o'clock Eastern tip on Fox on Saturday night. Um, good road test. It's going to be at Wells Fargo Arena. Obviously, huge uh, huge matchup there. They're not going to play that at the Finn. Phil- Villanova's lost two of its past three. The losses came at home by 10 to St. John's two weekends ago, and then they lost at Marquette, as I just mentioned earlier this week. They squeezed in a win over DePaul. Doesn't really mean much, but that was uh, that was a week ago there. Kyle Neptune's team right now is 11-6 and six and continues to have one of the strangest resumes in the sport. A refresher quickly on this. A home win over Maryland doesn't really mean much. Then they went down and played and uh, they played the uh, the MTE down at the at the Bahamas. They got they got wins against Texas Tech, North Carolina and Memphis and emerged from that um, looking impressive. But they've got the losses against Penn and St. Joe's and Drexel, in addition to a, a close shave loss uh, against Kansas State uh, in overtime there. So to this point, don't know if Villanova is going to be a going to be a tournament team or not. Uh, they, I don't have Palms bracket up right now. I'd imagine he has them in because of the high quality victories there. He does. He does. He he does have them in. He has six Big East teams in the field right now, and they are the six teams playing in these three okay. games that I we highlighted. You said, you said at the top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have Nova seed per Palm by chance or no? It's higher than you think. I don't remember it off the top yeah, of my head, right. but it, they're safely in the field based safely off the quality in. of those wins. Well, here's a big one here because right now Nova's got UConn at home, then they're at St. John's, they're at Butler, and then they host Marquette. So this is a pretty critical stretch here for Nova. I'm interested to see uh, how they show up and if they're ready to go because if they if it's no if it's a no show if if UConn wins the game by. 12 GP. We're not going to uh, hop on the next pod and be surprised by any means. But I think this is this is a game that not just means something for the resume and the, and the Big East race overall. Nova's four and two in the league, but it's it's it comes it comes down to your pride here. Like you know, UConn's the team in this league. It's the reigning national champion. You got this game at home. You're playing at Wells Fargo. Can you go in and really make a statement and alter our perceptions on Villanova? Because right now, Villanova for the good wins that it does have and it has one at Creighton, it's not seen as a reliable team at all and I think a home win against UConn would bring a lot more credibility to its reputation remains to be seen if that's what we'll get on Saturday night um St. John's Marquette 
Do we know yet if Rick Patino is going to be on the sideline? We don't know as of right now whether he's going to be on the sidelines. Uh, that is a noon tip on Fox, and I imagine we will not. I mean, I'd like to get an update before we get out of Friday, but I'm imagining that we will get that update on Saturday. Patino tested positive for COVID early this week. Steve Massiello coached, and if Patino can't go, Massiello provided he hasn't tested positive, we'll wind up coaching that on Saturday. Right. Um, I was thinking about this. You know, it, obviously St. John's got blasted the other night in in Rick's absence. Um, obviously, he's a difference maker on the sideline. He's one of the the greatest coaches who has ever lived. Um, we know for a fact that the selection committee takes into account, like, hey, you know, the the player was out for these games, and that is something that is at least noted throughout the selection process and the seating process. Would you treat Rick Patino the same way? That I, I imagine they would. Um, I actually don't think like, let's say Patino missed the last game and they missed this game and he, and he, and they lose tomorrow, but then he coaches the rest of the season. I don't think that they would give St. John's the benefit of doubt for not having Patino there. And I'm not sure in such a small sample size that they should, because there's no telling that the, the result would have been otherwise if Patino was coaching. That's potentially possible, but I don't think with that, I don't think that would be the case. But. Yeah, I should, I should rephrase the way I put that. I don't, I don't know that they would. Um, I think that they should. Um, I, I, I would consider that like they were if we if we will consider they were out there with the, this team lost these games without their best player. This team lost these games without their Hall of Fame coach. Um, it, it would make sense to me for that to be a part um, of, of the discussion. Anything else on the Big East? You ready to whip around the rest of the country? Well, just uh, just real quick, just with with those matchups. Um, I think that's it's because Saturday is a huge listen. It's a huge day for the league. Um, we have some other matchups we're going to get to in the final four and one. None of the Big East games are going to be picks for the final four and one uh, for Marquette now to go on the road here. Can it get a road win? Because it doesn't have one and it's a good one. But Marquette's last road win was at Illinois back in the second week of the season. It's a wonderful quad one win that will remain that way and continues to age well, but they've lost at Wisconsin and they got rolled. They lost at Providence and they got rolled. They lost at Seton Hall and it was, it was, a, it was a close defeat, but it was a loss all the same. Marquette is three and three and now you're going to go play at Madison Square Garden. Three of the next four for the Golden Eagles are on the road. At DePaul after this, you know, jokes about whether that's truly a road game, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, still at Nova to close out the... Um, the end of the month there. So I'm interested. Uh, Marquette St. John's faints fascinates me plenty. I think that's a really, really tremendous biggie smash because St. John's while also projected to be in the field, it's not a sure thing to get there. And so can you take care of it on your home floor and then Creighton at Seton hall real quick on this. That's a noon tip on FS one. Um, so you got two big East games kind of going back to back on the Fox networks there. Creighton just uh, completely getting shut down against UConn. Um, I thought it would be a better game, 62-48 final. And a lot of that was UConn just putting on a defensive clinic. And it was really impressive to see what the Huskies did there. But now with Creighton, Parrish had mentioned, geez, this has now been a month. Um, he was like, do we really know how good Creighton is? And I said, well, Creighton's good. And I do still think Creighton is good. But, uh, you know, road opportunity against Seton Hall for a quad one win. And this is... To me, this is the game where with Seton Hall having it on its home floor, uh, if it wins this one to get to seven and one, and we'll see what happens in the UConn game, of course. Seton Hall is, has been put in a position by nature of the schedule to potentially be alone in first place uh, as of you know January twentieth, which is an outcome none of us saw coming. They've got to beat Creighton, and UConn has to go down against Villanova for that to be the case there, but. 
I think Shaheen Holloway is going to get the Pirates into the tournament. They're obviously there right now. What's fascinating to me about the Pirates is the fact that they really didn't have much in the non-con, and now the Big East play started, and it's a whole new team here. Um, but they're not a guarantee to get there, Parrish. And you don't want to blow your opportunities at home against good teams because asking them to go on the road and, and kind of make up for that is a hard ask against top four, top five teams in the Big East here. You got Creighton on your home floor. Um, I don't know if Creighton wound up staying out east. They pl- just played at UConn Wednesday. This is a Saturday game. Did they fly all the way back to the Midwest? And I don't know if they did that or not, but it's a tough road swing for the Blue Jays who could really, really use uh, a quality win. So um, to me, uh, Creighton Seton Hall is actually the one of the three that I'm the most looking forward to seeing just because I want to see how Creighton responds to getting uh, depants by by UConn. And I want to see if Seton Hall can keep this going. The team has one loss since December 9th. Obviously, for Shaheen to have Seton Hall in this position is impressive. I do have the Pirates in the top 25 uh, and one. I think ultimately the difference between, because they are tied with UConn atop the league standings right now and could, based on the scenario you laid out, be alone atop the Big East standings uh, by the time they go to bed on Saturday night. I think ultimately the difference between UConn and Seton Hall as it pertains to trying to win a league championship it's going to come down to uh, Seton Hall is going to be a problem for everybody in the Prudential Center. Um, th- they'll win most of their games there. Um, maybe, maybe every remaining game there. But I, I think UConn is just going to be more reliable on the road. UConn's, UConn is going to be the type of team that can go on the road and beat one of the other good teams. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Seton Hall is going to be able to consistently do that as much as UConn is going to consistently be able to do that. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's right. I think it's time to... Uh... Take a little tour around the country before we pick some games, GP. Oh, it's called a whip around. Norlander's going to handle it, but first a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Deadleg, we've talked Big East. What else do we need to know from the past couple of days? All right, a little of this, a little of that, most on court, couple off court uh, uh, observations here. Uh, we'll just note that. Uh, Ole Miss is now 15-2. and two. Uh, It got dropped 89-80 against LSU on Wednesday. That's a team that hasn't rated well in the metrics there. Could be a classic case of a team with a hot start. They got out to a 13-0 start. Uh, they're now 2-2 two and two in the SEC, and they've got to go and play 
Auburn on the road this weekend. Then they host Arkansas. Then they're at Texas A&M. So Chris Beer got off to a good start, but we'll see if they can actually parlay that into being an NCAA tournament team. I have uh, I have my doubts to this point, but it is just year one there. So um, no no huge surprise. Any thoughts on uh, on the Rebs? Yeah. It, it, it... I, I I could certainly see it going the the wrong direction now, right? I, I think it while they were undefeated with a win over Memphis, you had to respect the resume and rank them regardless of the the computer numbers. Um, when they were just a one loss team with the lone loss coming at Tennessee, and they still had the win over Memphis, um, I thought you had to rank them based on the resume, regardless of the subpar computer numbers. But once you then take a, a lo- another loss to LSU, I got them out of the top twenty five and one. Obviously, Auburn is is been playing really, really well. I'd be surprised if Ole Miss can win that game. And so I, I, I think Ole Miss is going to be out of the AP poll on Monday, and it might be one of those deals where they never get back in this season. Yeah, I think that could well be the case here. But Beard's a good coach. We'll, uh, we'll see. Speaking of Memphis, we got to focus in on the Tigers here for a second. Mm. Dude, they led... 52 to 32 in the second half, 20 point lead and blew it against a South Florida team. That's, you know, you look up now and it's 10 and five. No, it's likely not heading to the NCAA tournament, but it's got a first year coach, Amir Abdur Rahim and the bulls have not. I had a request. Let me bring up that. I, ha- I had a request from, uh, from folks to, to give me some, uh, some rage against the machine. Cause it's bulls on parade right now. Oh, wow. they have one loss. One loss since December 2nd, 10 and 15. The only loss came on the road by four against UAB. They go into Memphis and win 74, 73. And they, uh, they, they pull the rabbit out of the hat here, man. Good on South Florida, but Memphis is the team that we're talking about right now. Cause that's a quad three loss. And Pomeroy had a Pomeroy, uh, Kempom, he's got a sub stack and he actually wrote about Memphis earlier this week. And he got into, the nature of Memphis being ranked in the top 10, despite not having a single top 30 win. He had a background of teams that, that applied to this over the past decade plus and where they wound up finishing seated. I think on average, they were about a, um, a seven seed overall. Like at this point in the calendar, you're in the top 10 of the AP top 25, but you also don't have a top 30 Ken bomb win. How do those teams finish about a seven seed? And um, most of them were done by the second round. Only a couple made the sweet 16 and it was just it was it was an interesting little piece because Pomeroy was waxing on, you know, the record versus the reality of, of the competition they had played and and frankly, how efficient they were against that competition. And Memphis has been a team that has had a really, really good record, but hasn't been able to, to break through in the top four to the top thirty five overall. And then you get a result like this literally two days after he writes that um, uh, it's Tiger down. We've done the you down, you down. So <laughs> Pomeroy now a Memphis hater, big time Tiger down. I don't know how the hell you would make a Tiger down gesture, but man, oh man, Parrish, this is this is a stinger. Even if USF is playing well, and it is, and it's like it's it's a good team in the American Athletic Conference, dude. Blowing a twenty point lead at home, that is a seed line loss, my friend. They. Uh, had been flirting with something like this for a while. They had won 10 straight games, but one of those games was a two-point win over a Vanderbilt team ranked 244th in the net. One of those wins was a three-point win over a Tulsa team ranked 188th in the net. One of those wins was a six-point win over a UTSA team ranked 288th in the net. So they'd been messing around, and then they get caught, quadrant three loss at home. 
but evidence that they had been trending the wrong direction is that even while winning 10 straight games, they had dropped from 41st to 44th at Ken Palm during that 10 game winning streak. Um, Ken, when he wrote what he wrote earlier this week, is correct that at that time Memphis had zero top 30 wins, but they had two top 30 wins previously in the season. It's something I've, I've, I've noted before. I went and actually looked up the details late last night. Um, almost every quote-unquote big win Memphis got in the non-league portion of its schedule has become a lesser win as the season has progressed. They were all better wins on the day that they happened than, than they are right now. Just real quick, when Memphis won at Missouri, Missouri was 56th at Ken Palm. Now Missouri is 103rd. When Memphis Ooh. beat Michigan, Michigan was 37th at Ken Palm. Now Michigan is 77th. When Memphis beat Arkansas, Arkansas was 35th at Ken Palm. Yeah. Now Arkansas is 89th. Yikes. When Memphis beat Texas A&M, Texas A&M was 36th at Ken Palm. Um, now A&M, let me double check this one. Um, A&M is now... Okay, they were... When they played Memphis... The 36th name. They were 49th when they played Memphis and are now, um, they were, th- and are now, okay, Texas AM, I need to delete them. They've actually gotten better. Delete. Clemson 24th when Memphis beat them. Now Clemson is 39th. Uh, Virginia 29th when Memphis beat them. Now Virginia 67th. So, like, a, a lot of these wins have become lesser wins. So, Memphis. Is red like Memphis went on a 10 game winning streak and lost quadrant one wins and lost quadrant two wins. They they watched quadrant ones become quadrant twos and watched quadrant twos become quadrant threes. They were still seven and two in the first two quadrants with both losses coming in quadrant one heading into this USF game. And that was still a, a solid resume, regardless of what um, any computer numbers at Ken Palm or Bart Torvik or the net. Uh, suggest evidence being that Memphis had a, a top 10 strength of record heading into the South Florida game, but they don't have a lot of opportunities to get good wins in the AAC. It's why you can't take losses like this. Some context, not an excuse. Just, I don't know if you watch Belmont play at home on Wednesday night or Memphis play at home on Thursday night, Belmont was on CBS sports network, Memphis on ESPN crowds were both nothing. It's because there's like historic ice and snowfall in the area now. The University of Memphis in advance of yesterday's game actually asked fans not to come, like stay home and watch on TV. There was only like a thousand people there and they've been getting like, you know, 13, 14,000 people per game. And so um, it's just the, the streets are really bad. My kids have been out of school all week. Um, I'm not even certain they'll go back to school on Monday. So Memphis didn't have a normal home court advantage, uh, not an excuse, but just some some further context. Hey, listen. Strength with you. Kids at home all week. And I know you've been on the road, but. Still. Oh, yeah. I haven't even seen them. My kids have been out of school okay. all week. I, I literally t- to this moment, I still have not seen them. Okay. Well, how about this? When the podcast is done, go go find your kids. Okay. I got to go do another show. I got to go talk <laughs> like, more. I got to go talk more That's when true. I'm done talking here. That's true. By the way, Jared Burson special. Um, USF coming back on the road by 20 to win over a AP top 10 team that hadn't happened in at least 20 seasons. Big time win by the Bulls. A quick tour around here. Just note Colorado 
won on Thursday. That's not a surprise, but it was Oregon's first loss in the Pac-12. Um, that's a good thing for the Pac-12 because Colorado uh, was able to stay at four and three in the league. Oregon now five and one, still leading the Pac-12. Arizona and Arizona State are both four and two. Bobby Hurley had a um, a funny little quip earlier this week after they lost. Uh, that is uh, Boone sent me the the clip as well. I'm going to try and get it on the board. Did you hear what he said? He was like, I'm not going to say what I feel. I want to say what I want to feel, <laughs> but I'm not going to say what I'm going to feel. I so badly wish I could say how I feel, but I'm not going to say how I feel. Did you see this thing? Yes. So good, man. Just so. The and best. when I saw it, when I saw it, I'm like, and you know, like, Dan and Bobby, they talk every day practically, and they are just in two very different spots right now. And so one's the therapist for the other. And uh, Arizona State, you know, they're having some issues at the uh, at the moment. Another coach having issues is Michigan and Juwan Howard. They lost at home on Thursday night by double digits to Illinois. Uh, Illinois going into Chrysler and winning is not a is not a major major surprise, but. It just it wasn't even that competitive of a game, and it drops Michigan to seven and eleven. I bring this up only to note this: Brendan Quinn, who's based in Michigan, writes for the Athletic, of course, and has covered uh, that program in that area for a long time. He had a story go up on Thursday, and I'm going to read from it real quick here. Um, it says, "Quote: This season is on track to produce Michigan's first losing campaign since 2009-10. That was Beeline's third season in Ann Arbor. Then, 57 years old, the former Michigan coach was at the time." firmly on the hot seat when the Wolverines began his fourth year with a one and six start actually pause right here. I don't remember this parish. I mean, you might well. And I, we were both at CBS then, but I actually don't, uh, I had memory hold this whole deal that, uh, that beeline was actually really facing, uh, facing a firing there. Do you have any recollection of this whatsoever? Nope. Yeah. It's, it's like the, uh, it's like a reverse Mandela effect here. Um, Quinn writes when the Wolverines began his fourth year, <laughs> parish. Nope. <laughs> Why did I even ask? Uh, when the Wolverines began his fourth year with a one and six start in Big Ten play, the end felt inevitable. As it went, that Michigan team turned its season around, made a run to the NCAA tournament, and Beeline left nine years later as the school's all time wins leader. Today, Howard is in his fifth season at Michigan, and a sense of imminent change seems to be growing. A portion of the fan base and some media speak of an end as if it's a foregone conclusion. They cite diminishing returns. They cite behavioral concerns. But what they don't cite is reality. And in reality, Howard is unlikely going anywhere unless he decides to leave himself. This would be, in my opinion, the wrong move for Michigan. I'm not con- Now, Quinn is plugged in there. And uh, he writes with definitely some authority there. But this is a loss season is putting it kindly. I said Indiana had a loss season on the la- on the last show. Michigan has has been disastrous, to be honest. And the idea that Ward Manuel, an AD who has taken plenty of heat from Michigan fans, by the way, the it, here's the situation: in Michigan right now, they're praying. Uh, the one guy that might leave stays, but they're not convinced that the AD is going to be able to convince him to stay Harbaugh. And they're praying that the other guy that they want to leave or get fired won't be there, but he might stay there because the AD refuses to make a move. The Michigan continues to be um, something of a disaster on, on a weekly basis. Parish was well, just weird. Like, I don't even think it's that Juwan's not good and talented enough to do the job. I, I think he's proven to be a quality basketball coach. It's just that there's too much other stuff constantly. It's just weird stuff. I, I do think the Fab Five all showing up this week um, 
suggest there's still real support for like that. That's hard to do. Uh, just do it. What are we going to do? Two months after the right. Fab Five showed up to support their brother, you're going to fire Jawan? Uh, I don't think that should perish. Even you would say. If it, that should not be the thing that stops from happening. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying yeah. I, it, it is a thing that that yeah. I think makes it harder to do. Yeah. I, here's the thing: I just don't think they're going to fire him. And and I, 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 but but I also don't think the weird, strange stuff connected to the program is going to stop. So eventually, yeah. you, here's what I think: we'll eventually get where we're going. It's just a matter of when we're going to get there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably right. In fact, Quinn's piece starts off with the fact, uh, with the writing of of the reality of like the Fab Five reunited, and it got a little bit of attention. But like under normal circumstances, this would have been a much bigger deal. They had not been in that building together since they played together. 30 years ago and there was a long-standing rift between Jalen Rose and Chris Webber that got patched up a couple of years ago and so that was a major thing in making it happen in addition to they couldn't have the banner the NCAA stuff like all this stuff so there were a lot of factors that prevented it from happening over the decades but it finally happened all five Fab Five members with one of them coaching the damn team in the building and it was kind of a oh that's kind of cool instead of like this huge like recognition like this is actually happening there and it kind of speaks to again just the the strange state of that program Michigan seven and eleven it's got a road game against Purdue coming up um, on the note of a Big Ten AD I'll just note uh, in news Ohio State that's like a top three AD job in the country uh, it did hire Ross Bjork away from Texas A and M he'll officially start later this this season. Uh, or later this year, excuse me. And uh, that's one that a lot of people didn't see coming. Ross Bjork, formerly at Ole Miss, he was actually the AD and took a plenty of heat with the uh, with the Houston Nuts stuff, which uh, GP talked about on his former radio show. Plenty. Ross Bjork, now going to be the a, uh, the AD at Ohio State. A um, couple of uh, wins of note. Uh, milestones. Calipari, he hit 400 wins at Kentucky by beating Mississippi State earlier this week. On Thursday night, Mark Few got his 700th career win. Gonzaga won at Pepperdine. And then Fran McCaffrey is now the all-time winningest coach in Iowa history. The Hawkeyes won earlier this week at Minnesota, so a few coaching milestones. And then my last headline, uh, this is probably going to be a big one. The Department of Justice is getting involved in a tr- in the transfer lawsuit with the NCAA. I'll read quickly here from the DOJ's statement on Thursday. Today, the Justice Department joined 10 states in the District of Columbia in a civil antitrust lawsuit challenging the National Collegiate Athletics Association's transfer eligibility rule. The amended complaint alleges that the NCAA unreasonably restricts college athletes' freedom to transfer between academic institutions by limiting their eligibility to participate in intercollegiate contests if they transfer more than once during their college careers. By deterring transfers, the rule also denies athletes educational opportunities. This extends a previous lawsuit that existed with West Virginia, Ohio, Colorado, Illinois, New York, North Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, It is a big one, and it is likely leading to an endgame here where anyone can transfer anytime and be immediately eligible. Parrish spoke on literally the last podcast, and we talked about this in terms of being in favor of it. The NFL Blade has dug its heels in on this, and it seems destined to lose. But the fact that you had the Department of Justice, our own Dennis Dodd said this on Thursday, he thinks this is a first. It's got to be. The DOJ getting involved in NCAA case. This is a first. So um, kind of a headline that's easy to glance over, but actually has, I think, significant long-term impacts on the state of college athletics as we know it. NCAA always willing and eager to dig its heels in in losing propositions. Correct. Just dig your heels in and stand there and get punched in the face over and over again in a courtroom. Uh, they can keep digging their heels in if they want to. They'll they'll keep they'll they'll keep losing. There we go. You ready for the final four and one? I say I think it's final four and one time. 
Oh, it's the Final Four and One presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We'll do that next. But first, one more word from our partners. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the final four and one presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Deadly, we both had nice weeks last week. I went four and one. You also went four and one. So my two-game lead remains a two-game lead. And by two-game lead, I, of course, mean insurmountable lead. I don't don't think we need to go there. You might be tempting the fates here. Might be tempting those fates. I don't don't believe in that. (laughs) I don't believe I'm I'm powerful enough to tempt fates. (laughs) I just feel I'm powerful enough to take insurmountable lead. Two games. Not I need that. I need that drum beat right now. There we go. All right. Game one. Game one. Saturday noon Eastern. Number nine Baylor at Texas inside the KD Center. You can watch it on ESPN. Kim Pom has it Baylor minus two. Will we have a second straight horns down controversy? Who who knows? In that building, I actually. I think that's got Drew. If if he felt like he had to tell his team not to do it, he would tell them not to do it. Um, but let's be real. The funniest thing about all of this, and if you're if you're not tuned in real quick, UCF won at Texas earlier this week at Texas, and as they as the team prepared to enter the handshake line, you had, some, you had UCF players right there on the court, like in in you know arm's reach of Texas players just just giving them giving them the horns down just just oh, you're doing the horns down somebody's gonna right. I, I'll, Matthew McConaughey gonna be at your house any second 
ready to fist fight you. I think it is hilarious. So good. How offended. I know. That's <laughs> Texas so people funny. Get. They get so That's angry. That's the part. The world just thinks like it's one that. It, it, I, I think it's the funniest thing in the world, how offended they get by a horns down gesture. I think it's hilarious that you could make them want to fight you just by doing that. Oh. Like, is there any gesture somebody could do to you that would make you want to fight them on site? I, I, I'm not, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So a gesture, uh, uh, definitely not. There is a gesture. It's, it, it could not happen. I know. Okay. Me neither. No. All right. You no. can, you Make can double bird somebody? me. No. You, you could double bird me, do whatever you want to. And I would just like, look at you. I, it would not make, it would not immediately make me want to fist fight you. But if you do horns down in the presence of a, of a longhorn, it's, it, it might go down. It might go down. Right. It, that's so funny to the me. The thing is, like, and, and listen, so many people like Rodney Terry, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bailing on Rodney Terry, Texas coach. I know some Texas fans are ready to do that already, um, but the, like, he was so earnest in the in the post game press conference about how you don't do that. Man, everyone just thinks this is funny. Okay, it, it, and it only makes it funnier the more that Texas people resist it. All right, <laughs> you just need to embrace the fact that when you get beat. They're gonna horns down your ass, okay? They're just—it's going—it's going down. Oh, down. buddy, Vince Young is gonna show up and hit you right in your throat. Oh, who is that? Who's that? Who's that at your front door? Oh, it's Vince Young, ready to murder you. Oh man, horns down! Thank you, Texas, for giving us some genuine entertainment earlier. I just think—I just think that if you—if you can allow a stranger's hand gesture to infuriate you. You've already lost. <laughs> that says something about you. That says you've, something you've about you. already lost. Texas is one and three in the Big 12. It's 12 and five overall. It's lost three of its past four. And it very easily could have slash should have lost against Cincinnati. So that's the only thing preventing this in the past four games from being a five alarm fire here. Uh, I am taking Baylor. Uh, I'm taking Baylor. I think you had Baylor minus two in here. I'll have him to, to, to win the game outright and to cover that number. Uh, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Coming off a very close shave loss against K-State. Um, this feels close to a toss-up. This is a, an urgent moment for Texas, and it's got the capacity to win it, but I just haven't seen it yet. I'll go with the Bears. I'm worried about Texas, and it's got nothing to do with hand gestures. Uh, you know, they're one in three in the Big 12 now, and they've had one of the easier no such thing as the easy big 12 schedule but they've had one of the easier four game starts to a big 12 schedule and they went one and three against it texas tech at home you're mm -hmm. supposed to win that game uh at cincinnati maybe cincinnati's legitimate like uh, you won that one so that's nice you got it back but then at west virginia if you're going to win a road game in the big 12 that's you got to go get that one and then at home to ucf Ugh, you can't that's not one you can lose at home so one in three and you've already played two two of your first four big 12 games were against two of the worst teams in the big 12 texas season might might not go where you want it to go deadly it's not heading toward the ncaa tournament right now wins like this one that makes it a reality texas loses here they have plenty of opportunities to uh to bounce back but in fact i want to give a shout here i saw this from uh andrew weatherman Texas right now, let me bring this up. Number of quad one games remaining on the schedule. Texas has 11 quad one games left. It's the most in the country right now. In the Big 12, it's the most, obviously. So they've got a lot of opportunities. It also means the slope of the schedule is really tough. If you're curious in the Big 12, 
Uh, BYU has the fewest with seven quad one games left. Um, so a lot of opportunity, but you got to win against Baylor because a lot of those games you're just not going to win. Um, they have time to make up for it on the back end, but if they can't beat Baylor here, I think I'm uh, I'm officially on. Uh, I'm in the camp that Texas won't be dancing in 24 if it doesn't beat Baylor on Saturday. I'm taking Baylor minus two. We're on the same page. Game two, Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Rhode Island at number 21, Dayton, inside Obi Toppin Arena. You can watch it on USA Network. USA. Yeah, just like, uh, what was that show we used to watch on USA Network? Mr. Uh, Robot. Did you ever watch Mr. Robot? Oh, yeah, you know what? That's a good call. I, I, I didn't finish the series. I watched, I think, two seasons, and then it's not like I, in- I intentionally bailed, but I just never picked it back up. Same. Like, I, I think I got to the final season, and then I was like, man, my head hurts. I was like, man, I can't be Yeah, thinking. but why, why did you stop watching Mr. Robot? I just, well, my head was hurting. That was the first part. And then it was just like, man, I shouldn't have to think this much. <laughs> I shouldn't have to think this much. Just, I'm just trying to lay here and relax. Just and, I just, just want to lay down, man. That's I just want to lay down and relax, man. And this thing I is, too many neurons. Yep, that's yeah, I don't need to be thinking this much trying to watch TV. So that's the last. And so I watch Monday night. I watch Monday Night Raw on USA Network. Right. So, so now, yeah. now you're gonna watch Dayton Dayton URI on USA. You damn right I am. Obi Toppin Arena. Kim Pom has it Dayton minus fifteen. So it's a big number. I only bring this up because I was asked in studio earlier this week. Want to ask you the question? Yes. Because uh, 2020, Dayton was on a 20 game winning streak and projected to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. led by a first team All American and Obi Toppin. Potential potential national player of the year, Obi Toppin. That's right. Well, he was the national player of the year for CBS Sports that season. That's right. Well, now here we are again. Dayton, clear class of the Atlantic 10, undefeated in the league, yeah. long winning streak. Yeah. And I don't know if they have a legitimate player of the year candidate in uh, Deron Holmes, if only because yeah, Zach Eady right. right now is really the only player of the year candidate, right. unless he gets hurt. He's going to be your national player of the year, it appears. Yes. Um, but Deron Holmes is is performing at a level that makes him a first-team All-American candidate right. for sure. And so the question was, what's the ceiling for Dayton from a seed perspective Ooh. for the NCAA tournament? They're 3-2 and two right now in Quadrant 1, 3-0 and oh in Quadrant 2. So 6-2 and two in the first two quadrants with both losses coming in Quadrant 1. They've got... Losses to Houston and Northwestern. So one really good team and another team that's beaten a really good team. They've got wins over St. John's and SMU. 19th in the net, 33rd at Ken Palm, 4th in KPI, 5th in strength of record. Stuff. What do you think is the ceiling? Well, I'm glad you brought this up for the team that I believe I had rated higher than anyone in the preseason. I had Dayton top 25 overall, and they're certainly up to that. Um, Deron Holmes, real quick, 19.4 points, 7.7 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and he's shooting 56% from the field, 43.6% from three-point range. Reminder, he's a 6'10 forward. If anything, um, maybe it's his age. I don't think he's getting quite enough draft buzz. I think he would be a uh, tremendous player to take a flyer on. Pun very much intended there late first round. We'll get to that, obviously, in the offseason. 
Dayton's going to get picked off somewhere here. It's not going to be Saturday at home. But I'm glad you picked this game because I like when we take a little bit of a detour here on the final four and one. The Flyers are worth a little bit of talk here and will be worth more if they can keep this up going forward. I'm going to say three seed feels like the ceiling. And if it's going to be a three seed, they can probably lose. Uh, I bet you they could. uh, Could they lose twice and get a three? Probably not, actually. If they lose one more time, uh, I think a three seed would be would be in the mix there. But they're going to have to do that. They're definitely the class of the A-10. Uh, If anything, the A-10 needs Dayton to roll through and then get upset in the title game so it can be a two-bid lead. Right now, Richmond's the other undefeated team in the league. It's 12-5 and overall. But there's no one in Dayton's neighborhood. It's just it's it has become their league and their league alone. Everyone else is playing for a distant second overall. Um, good on Anthony Grant to 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 pull this out. Although I will say this, Dayton as a program um, and there's, you know, this goes with Brian Gregory, um, of course Oliver Pennell, Archie Miller. If you really look over the the course of its program's history and Dayton fans know this uh, well and that's why they rightfully believe that, you know, they're one of the uh the best mid majors uh, in the country from a historical perspective. They're good, not just for tournament runs, but they are good for seasons with 25, 26, 28 plus wins. Uh, so we are seeing Dayton just be Dayton this year again. And it's not a huge surprise. They brought back enough. And by the way, they're doing this and they haven't even had uh, a fully healthy roster this year. Uh, for, so for them to be able to, uh, to continue to dominate, I think is, is certainly notable there. The line is 15. That's big. Archie Miller in year two at Rhode Island. They're nine and eight. They just got destroyed by St. Bonaventure on Wednesday night. I will take Dayton to cover. 15 is a big number, but Dayton's really good. And Rhode Island is just whatever this season. So I will uh, I will go Dayton there. And it does. I think it is important for Dayton to continue to try and rack up big wins by big margins if it can. You mentioned that the KPI and the strength of record. That's going to be the thing that gets them a high seed more than where they sit in the predictives because that tells you versus the schedule they've played relative to how good they've been. One more quick thought on Dayton here. Let me bring up their Torvik wins above bubble. I'm going to say, if you're telling me that, I'm going to say Dayton's got to be top 10 in wins above bubble right now. Dayton is fourth. So he has the fourth most wins as would be expected against a bubble team. The only teams that have played better against the schedule, according to wins above bubble, is Purdue, UConn, and Kansas, and then it's Dayton. Then it's Carolina, then it's Houston, then it's San Diego State. That tells you all you need to know. With that in mind, I'm amending my answer. If Dayton runs the table, which won't happen, it would be a two seed. If it loses one game, I still think if it only loses one more game as a three-loss team, Dayton would have a, a case as the final two seed, but a three seed probably most likely in that scenario. Archie Miller coaching back at Dayton. Does anybody care? That's a good call, GP. I should have uh, put two and two together. I don't know if... Yeah, they, they care there. They care there, and he's, you know... He's mostly uh, beloved. Understandably, he took the the Indiana job. I don't think they'd begrudge him that much. I don't. I don't think he's going to get. He's not going to get booed, right? I don't think. I, I, I never know how fans are going to react. No. I, I have a. I'm. I. I would not boo Archie Miller, but Archie and I are best friends, as Indiana fans will tell you. So of course, of course. I wouldn't boo him. Of course, that's really why. That's actually that's the reason why you put this in the final four. That's right. That's right. Um, but despite all that, I, I will also take Dayton minus the fifteen. Game three, Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. My San Diego State Aztecs at Boise State inside Bill Buckner Arena. You can watch it on CBS. That's America's Ooh. most watched network, network of stars. Kimpom has it San Diego State minus one on the road. Bill Buckner went to Boise State? No, just retired there. Moved <laughs> there after his baseball career. 
just after his baseball career ended, he patience for this. It's, it's getting outrageous. I, I honestly thought I was like, I didn't realize that Buckner went to Boise. You go, no, he just you know he found it. He he took a vacation, found a house there, and he I went there once. The no, he uh, he retired there. That's he moved his family to Boise, Idaho, upon his baseball retirement, and that that's where he spent um, the rest of his life. Uh, I, wonder in, if, I wonder. I wonder if uh, I wonder if he if he you know. If he showed up for many a, a Boise basketball game, I don't know. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, well, let's just roll with it there. That's just <laughs> no. He just retired there. Thank you for that moment, Parish. I needed that on a Friday morning. Uh, quality game here on CBS. I will be on HQ for the preview of this 12:45. So bring that up on your CBS Sports app as uh, we'll get you geared up for this one on Saturday afternoon. Uh, SDSU got a good definitive home win. Stayed up late to watch it on Wednesday night over Nevada. Um, avoided a two-game skid. Meanwhile, Nevada now on that two-game skid because it lost there. And it lost to Boise State at home a week ago here. The Broncos are in the sixth position this, uh, in terms of overall teams in the Mountain West in their tournament power rankings. Um, but just two losses since late November. And Here's one you got to have for Boise State, for the Mountain West. If you're going to angle and actually get six teams in, which is no sure thing, obviously, you got to win this game if you're Boise State. And I'm going to take Boise State to win. You just told me that it's a home dog. Right. I do think this is a wrong team favorite situation. It's been a minute since we've had a wrong team favorite situation on the final four and one. I will ride. I will ride with Omar Stanley, Tyson Degenhart, Max Rice and the crew to get it done and to beat the Aztecs. Okay. Well, that's disrespectful to yeah. your reigning national runner-up. Yeah, okay. I mean, these guys were runner runners up. Dead leg. Aren't you the guy who who owns a pair of Boise State gym shorts? I don't think you own Aztec shorts. I want some though. Yeah. I don't have them, but I would like some. Yeah. I do have Boise State. Yeah, that's right. I rock them all the time. Once a week at least. Once a week at least for fifteen years now. Have if um. If Boise State wins, they will remain tied, the very least, in the loss column atop the Mountain West standings with Utah State. So, big game. And I think what we're going to find out over the rest of this Mountain West schedule is that when these projected tournament teams play each other, like the the home team is going to win those games overwhelmingly. I think that anybody who can go on the road and steal these is going to – how about this? Of the projected NCAA tournament teams, let's just see if this is true at the end of it. The one who wins the most road games will be your conference champion. And maybe that's likely Ooh, true. Okay. Regardless. Someone find us – find us. Uh, and it might just be a common thing with league champions. Like, yeah, of course, no. idiot. Right, but in the Mountain West specifically – seems more likely than not that that's how that will correlate. Whoever wins the most road games in the Mountain West is going to be your Mountain West champion. And I'm taking San Diego State to win on the road this weekend. So give me my Aztecs victory at Boise State. I still like my shorts, though. Game four, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Alabama at number six, Tennessee, inside Dane Bradshaw Arena. You can watch it on ESPN2. Kimpom has a Tennessee minus four. This might be the game I'm most interested in. Just because Alabama's computer numbers are so strong, I want to see them in a hostile environment against a quality basketball team. Yeah, this is, uh, I'd say this is the 
most compelling, eh, feels like the most compelling matchup of the week. It's two top 10 Ken Palm teams. Bama's seven as of this morning. <laughs> Tennessee is six. Uh, I am not a believer in Bama yet. I just, in terms of Bama being one of the 15 best teams in the country, I'm just, I'm not there yet. Uh, I wonder if this will be a full house, Thompson Bowling, with the, with the storms there. I mean, yeah. How far is how far is Knoxville from you, dude? dude I'm closer to Dallas. <laughs> is that actually true? Yes, that, that can't like, be true. I, it, you can't I, cannot be. You're closer to Dallas than Knoxville. I believe that's true, dude. Look at Tennessee. It's the it's a it's a long ass state. It, 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 and it is Knoxville right. is on the other side of it. I'm oh, down in the bottom I'm left. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. Your house. Um, what's the name of your town in Mississippi? Hernando. Hernando. There we go. Hernando, Mississippi. Okay, we're doing it right. Oh, this is wonderful podcasting, by the way. Yep. Dallas, there's. No, I'm going to say there's almost no chance, but you live in Hernando. So Hernando to Dallas. Uh, that's given us right now. We're going to go mileage. 478 to Dallas. That's taking you seven hours and 19 minutes. Okay. Knoxville's going to be close to that. Knoxville, Tennessee. What did I say? 478 mileage, 719, right? 470 and Knoxville. 622 410. Knoxville is closer. Well, it doesn't feel that way. Well, it, it, it is. So, yeah, you know, I know, but it doesn't feel like it is. Dallas. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't did, feel like it's. Have you ever driven Hernando to Dallas? Have you done that drive? My, my wife literally did that drive last week because she had, she had to go to market to shop for her store. Yeah. So she she's done that drive more. I have, yes, I have done that drive, but not not in a long time. All right. The reason why I asked uh, how close Knoxville was was I wonder if weather is going to impact crowd. It yeah. could. It and definitely could. Stuff. You know, will will the home court advantage be impacted by this? I'm going to take Tennessee to win and cover. Um, see if the Dalton Connect show can keep on rolling here. Bama is not in a high level defensive team. Um, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll have to see. This is a battle, by the way. If you said back in September, uh, which transfer is going to be the one that people are looking to shut down? Grant Nelson was the guy, and he's been just okay this season. Um, he hasn't been a bust by any means, but Grant Nelson was like one of the key, you know, skinny white wing, uh, skinny stretch fours that uh, that people were were keeping an eye on. Bama wound up getting him, but Dalton Connect has been obviously much more impactful than uh, than Grant Nelson. The chat is accurately pointing out New Orleans is way closer to me than Knoxville is. Well, I think I knew that because you've taken that train down to New Orleans. Oh, buddy. Have I ever? Yeah. I guess I'm picking Tennessee. Wow. We got someone watching. <laughs> we got someone in the chat. All right. So we both got Tennessee. More important matters. Someone in the chat named the Harry Pavement Ant. Yeah. And like how? What's what's the story like? That's the name you're gonna choose when you make a YouTube account, the Harry Pavement Ant. It said, "Watching this from the Philippines, haven't been home in ten years." How about that from the Philippines? We do get we. That's Manny Pacquiao. We got a worldwide audience. So. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao's watching. <laughs> I don't think Manny Pacquiao. Is no, people don't realize that Manny Pacquiao, big Boise State fan. Didn't Manny Pacquiao get busted for some serious tax evasion? Well. Yeah. You know, if you want to focus on the bad bob stuff. And, bob and weave on the old feds there. Yeah, I mean, if you want to focus on the negative. 
<laughs> it just popped to mind. I don't know. Yeah, if you want to focus on the negative, that that's fine. Like that's what the media does, I guess. <laughs> okay. I guess that's what the media does. Oh man! All right. So that's did we match on every damn game? No, I took my Aztecs, and you were disrespectful you today. No, 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 I, no, no, no. That's not how it. Um, other games to know before we get to the end one. Uh, a little reset on those Big East ones. Marquette at St. John's. That's your nooner on Saturday on Fox. Creighton at Seton Hall is noon on FS1. Uh, 2 Eastern on ESPNU. You're going to get Iowa State at TCU. Good Big 12 affair. FS1 is Purdue at Iowa. 2-10. 2-10 Eastern. Obviously, bacon a little extra time on the back end there after Creighton Seton Hall. Um, see if, uh, if the Boilermakers can dodge a third road loss in the Big Ten. Iowa does not have a tournament resume that would change if it could win at home. Clemson plays at Florida State at 4 Eastern on ACC Network, and I only bring this up because we've got an interesting turnabout in the ACC with these teams because they were going one direction, and now they are passing ships in the night and, uh, and headed the opposite way. Clemson is now 12-5 and five after an 11-1 start. It's 2-4 and four in the league, and it's got to go on the road and play an FSU team that got off to a 6-6 six and six start. It has not lost since. It is 5-1 in the ACC. Both these teams could well wind up missing the NCAA tournament. I believe we both gave Brad Brownell a lifetime contract at Clemson about six weeks ago. Yeah, I'm fine with in-house it. In-house that you were fine with it? I guess. Yeah, I'm still fine with it. I don't care. Yeah, I know. Well, like, What does it matter to me? I hear you, and, uh, and that's where we're at right now. Uh, it was requested... By the D1 docking on Twitter to put this game in the final four and one. No chance of it. However, I've been informed that oh, what's the is the D1 docket in the chat right now. Show yourself. This is the first he is. What is the detail on this game? We got four Eastern on ESPN plus on Saturday. North Texas plays Charlotte. And so yeah. this is the first ever meeting between a reigning NIT champion and I think CBI champion, it's never happened before. He wanted it in the final four and one. Not going to happen. But I am putting it in games to know. They should, they should have to bring their trophies to the game, and the winner gets to go home with both of them. Why the hell not, right? Yeah, you can claim the other trophy. You, 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 you walk in an NIT champ, and you have the chance to walk out both an NIT champ and a CBI champ. Hey, listen, that's what's on the line here. Maybe this should have been in the final four and one. It's not the game I picked, but it was under some consideration North Texas, which is doing well, uh, which is doing well, actually, in its first year under Ross Hodge in the American Athletic Conference going up against the Charlotte 49ers. A couple more to know before we get to the end one. BYU at Texas Tech, 6 Eastern on ESPN2. <laughs> Texas Tech had that great start, went to Houston and got eviscerated. <laughs> Good Lord. Houston and treated them like they were East Carolina. Uh, you're bango on that. And it was one of those instances where... You know, Houston has remained number one in all the predictive metrics. Texas Tech is off to a good start, but, you know, it hasn't been able to, to crack, you know, top 20 status or whatever. And then you have that game on the road. And it's like, this is why, you know, not in every game basis, but in the big picture, that there's a reason why these algorithms tend to be right. That was a 77-54 win for Houston over Tech earlier this week. And now Texas Tech is going to welcome in a BYU team that uh, has won two in a row after getting off to an 0-2 start um, in Big 12 play. That's a, that's a good one. BYU, by the way, has got to play Houston next on Tuesday. We'll get to that on our next show overall. One more game to know. Uh, UConn at Nova, 8 Eastern on Fox. Um, the and one. Mm-hmm. Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
10 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Okay. It's St. Mary's against San Francisco on Bill Cartwright Court. Now, the WCC might be headed toward one bid situation. St. Mary's is 13 and 6, though. Hasn't lost in the league yet. And these are the two teams that have yet to lose in WCC play. St. Mary's has picked itself up off the mat here after a three and five start disastrous after being ranked in the preseason. It has one loss since December one. Uh, it was a home loss to Missouri state. That is not good, but it has certainly uh, made the possibility of making the tournament at least conceivable. In the meantime, San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, Jonathan Mogwa might have the best player in the WCC this season. So we might have a rare situation where it's the Dons and not the Gales or the Zags that have the uh, the best dude in the league. San Francisco's 15-4 overall, 4-0 in the league, has just one loss since December 3rd, and it's a respectable one. By one at Utah State. Kempom has this line. San Francisco minus two. Who you got? Who you got? No, you go first. That's how this works. You always pick the last one first. Don's minus two is the line. St. Mary's at San Francisco. Manny Pacquiao trying to support the podcast, and all you want to do is bring up the negative stuff. Pick the game. I think I have to take the home team. I think I believe in home teams. Sometimes. (laughs) San Francisco. San Francisco. I also have the Dons here. Chris oh, Gordon. man, I was hoping you would go with the Gales. I pick, I pick it beforehand, as always. I, You know what, you know what they call people like you around my, around my parts? Independent you, thinkers. You know what they call people like you around my way? Copycat. I picked it first. I picked it before you even knew the game was happening. You know what they say, though, around my parts. So what does that make you after picking the same game as me three of the previous four games? You did three times as much. What does that make you? But around my parts, they know I'm not a copycat, so people don't say that about me. But around your your ways and my ways, they know that you you have copycat tendencies. Chris Gerlitz, I'm, 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 I've been established as an independent thinker. I've been established as an independent thinker. In fact, in fact, I was established as the independent thinker, and then you copycatted me and took it for your own. Let's be clear about this, okay? That's what I thought. That might be true. It is true. 15 and 4 for San Francisco this season, 4 and 0 in the league. Knocking on the status of being top 50 at Ken Palm. We both have the Dons. Before we get out of here, oh God. Two things unrelated to basketball. One, I was supposed to ask you on the previous podcast. They're related to our colleagues at, at CBS. Uh, we'll take these in chronological order. Uh, Kiana Martin wanted me to ask you what's up with you and Sierra Mist. She I, I, <laughs> said you have to bring this up on the show. I didn't get to it last show. And I vowed to her that I would. She's like, you have to ask him. And I said, should I just ask? Him? I actually said I would ask you without even invoking her name. But since it's been a minute here. So what's what's the backstory here? First, Kiana's the best. She's tremendous. Absolute joy to work with. Um, I just get frustrated. Taco Bell's my favorite fast food place, but they only have Pepsi products. And they try to act like. They try to act like Sierra Mist is Sprite, and they try to act like I feel like they're pretty close to be. Now I haven't had either in a long time, but I, yeah, I've never had an issue with Sierra Mist. Do you think it's you think it's a tier below? It's just the whole Pepsi line, unless unless <laughs> unless we have major sponsorships with Pepsi. If so, not to just delete this, but the the Pepsi line, broadly speaking, is just it's just so. I feel like when they say 
I say, hey, I'd like a Coke Zero. And they say, you mean, would you take a Diet Pepsi? I'm like, God. And then I don't know what's going on with Diet Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew, you got 10 calories. Why can every other diet soda get it down to zero calories, but Diet Mountain Dew, for some reason, they can't get it lower than 10? It's because it's due. Got to ride the dew. The dew is worth ten calories. The dew alone, yeah. You the can't dew alone you is worth ten calories. Calories from the dew. Everyone I just feel that. like if I own Mountain Dew, and some jerk brought brought me Diet Mountain Dew, and he's like, "Yeah, boss, I got it down to ten calories." I'd say, "Get back in there, get back in there, and get it down to zero. Coke Zero is zero. Diet Coke is zero. Diet Dr Pepper is zero. Don't be bringing me this ten calorie diet drink." Get what, back, what's get your back frequency, in the lab? What's your frequency on the Taco Bell situation? I try to do it about once a week. Wow, I really like it. <laughs> I limit myself to two items that I only let myself buy two things. Is that before or after your Econ two hundred one class? Once a week? That's a oh, college diet. I like. I just like it, man. What do you want wow. me to do? All what right. What do you want me to do? If you want to put me and Manny Pacquiao in jail forever. That's fine. I will not be copycatting you on the Taco Bell. I'm, I, we might have even talked about this on the show in the past like few months. I, my over under my last trip to Taco Bell, I'm thinking it's like 2008. It's been a minute. It's been a while. Yeah, and once a week is probably an exaggeration. It's but like, th- I want it once a week. That's that's the truth. I want it once a day. Hold on, you don't think Sierra Miss is on the level of Sprite? I'm not saying no. it is. I'm just being clear. You think so? It's a quad. Uh, that that's a quad two home game. Sierra missed. Man, if I walk in your house. And for some reason, I'd be like, man, my stomach's upset. You got a Sprite? Because apparently people think Sprite fixes your stomach. I don't even know if that's true. Well, flat soda, that's one of those, you know. I don't even know if it's true, but that's what people say. Yeah. And if I, so if I were like, my tummy's hurting, do you have a Sprite? And they said, no, GP, um, but I got a Sierra Mist. I'd immediately think you're, you're, you're impoverished. <laughs> okay. Because I don't understand why you would have Sierra Mist instead of a Sprite, unless you're right. impoverished. Other one. This came up uh, shortly before before an HQ hit uh, with uh, with me, Chris Hassel, and Amanda Guerra, and I said I would ask you because mm-hmm. one of them did not know, and I will not name the guilty party. Do you know who Mussolini was? Yes. Okay. In a, in a sentence, can you tell me who Mussolini was? The bad guy. Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of them, I won't say who. Thought potentially an opera singer. No, no, he's an awful fella. Yes, yes. Like way worse than Manny Pacquiao. Way worse. <laughs> so I said I'd ask. And so I have. Yeah, I don't know a lot, but I do know that. Yeah, you might want to uh, look up the old uh, Benito Mussolini. Not a good yeah. And that's how we're going to wrap the Friday show. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF and Teagle Legend. Shouts to Huck. Larnell, thank you guys once again for listening and watching the Allen College Basketball on. Podcast. If, someone, uh, hold on, hold on. You got to get out of here. But someone I knew this was going to get asked. Can we just power rank this real quick? Come on. Sprite 7-Up Sierra Mist. Someone wants in the chat wants to know. Sprite, it's in that order. Sprite is? Sierra Mist. I don't want any of them, but if I got to take them, it's in that order. I would go I would go Sprite 1. I'd go, I think I'd go Sierra Mist 2, 7-Up 3. Yeah. Can I, can I interrupt this? Oh, quick? there he is. Oh, great. Because Sierra Mist is no longer Sierra Mist. It's called Starry now. Well, that's my point. What? That's my point. I had no idea. You're proving my point right now. Okay. <laughs> Starry? Starry? Okay. They named a soda Starry. By the way, if you can eliminate soda from your diet, please do. I mean, you'll, you'll be better. Hey, can I take your order, please? Yeah, I would like a Sprite. Uh, uh, you mean a Starry? No, I mean a Sprite. That's a terrible name. Starry? 
what are we doing here? All right. Starry. We- that's a stripper name. <laughs> let's let's go. Starry. Starry, take your top off. I don't want to order a Starry. Drink a Starry. What are you talking about? Proving my point. Hey, actually, one more thing before we get out of here. Great. Did I tell you how bad the streets are down here? Oh, you got to. And you got to. Do you got to drive to the studio? I think so. I think you needed to leave like 20 minutes ago. Um, huge, huge. And I meant to actually do this before we got going. Huge NFL Sunday. Are we, are we, when are we doing the Sunday show? Are we going to do a Saturday show? No. So we got, so we either, cause I, I, I got stuff on. So I think we got to do it early Sunday morning. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just happy to be home. The show will be when it's, be, and this is another reason why to subscribe to the YouTube channel because whenever the hell we go live, if you subscribe and you ding that bell, you're going to get a notification. I don't know if that's true. They say that's true. I've never seen it with my own eyes, but they say it's true. <laughs> I've never seen it. A little bit like the Pac-12 Network. People say, but I ain't never seen it with my own eyes. No. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, more of us than there are of them. We'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.